and welcome to the Love Key Church message of the week. Love Key Church is a local expression of a part of the body of Christ with a focus on creating a place, opportunity, and atmosphere through worship music and the Word where people can encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and then help others to do the same. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, Valetta, and our four children, we recently launched Love Key Church right here in Somerset West. Enjoy the message. Please remember to like, follow, and subscribe, and to share this with other people if you find that it is uplifting, encouraging, and inspiring to you. Thank you so much. God bless you as you listen to this word. It is such a privilege to do church with you every week, and um, I'm loving it. I've... People ask me, so what do you do now? What is your job title? Uh, it's actually tricky. I was sitting at, a, at the, when I, I told you last week about the chiropractor, and I was sitting at the chiropractor to fill out the form, and it says occupation. And I actually wasn't sure what to write down. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, I think the best I can do right now is say uh, I'm the lead elder of Love Key Church. And uh, I, oh yes, I also do music. And I help my wife in her business. That's, that's a very long title, though. So I need to find a new one, some acronym or something. But it's great to be with you today. It's great to have a chat with you. Um, I've been so stirred in my spirit the last two weeks about, and also it's, it's becoming to me more and more clear why God has led us to call this ministry Love Key Church. Because even though I have I feel I've had a glimpse, I've, I've, had, I've gotten so many clues about His love. I, I think I'm just scratching the surface. And I think we're, we're also just scratching the surface as a community of believers. And I, I just really sense so strongly that every time I'm spending time with God, that what He wants is for us to go deeper and understand more and get the fullness to a greater extent of what He means by love. Today... It's Valentine's Day, as many of you will know, and a lot of people think that it's all about love, that these little heart-shaped things we give and chocolates and flowers, it's, it's all about love. And yes, in a way, there's, there's a, in some cases, it is, I'm sure it's love and it's, and it's an expression of love, but in many other ways, it is you know, a crush or an infatuation or just lust, and these things are way more fleshly than than we would like to admit or, uh, or give credence to. So I believe God wants to take this day, and we spoke about this last week as well, and he, I really believe He wants to come and show us what love really means according to Him and His Word. So the message title today, it might look a little bit higher grade. I'm not trying to be clever. This is just what I feel we need to talk about. It's it's called Degrees of Unrequited Love. Degrees of Unrequited Love. And I will explain that, don't worry. So I want to ask you, wherever you're at, have you ever had feelings for someone and they didn't feel the same way? Now, <laughs> that feeling, we tend to call it loving or being in love. But it's actually a bit more of the last one, being in love. In Afrikaans, it's yes, verlief. Verlief is a bit anders as liefde. Uh, we can say it's infatuation or fantasy. There are a few things in life that are as hard, there are a few things in life that are as hard as having strong feelings towards someone and they do not willingly return it. It's easy to love a baby when they are born. Our little one is one, years, one year old. Um, 
there's, she still really has no way of showing love. Everything that happens is very spontaneous. And she's, by now she smiles, she has a few words, and you know, she's excited when she sees you. And so that we're starting to see that, which is amazing. But from the moment that child is born and you hold her, you just love her. And there's nothing that she can do or not do that will take that love away. But eventually, the child grows up, and they form a will, and then they grow up a little bit more, and then there might be a day where you as a parent keep loving unconditionally with your whole heart, but your child, for some reason, there's not the same willingness that they're loving you back with. And that must really hurt. When you have, a rom- when you have romantic feelings for someone and it's not returned, it hurts. It sucks and it hurts. <laughs> like if you, I've had a few cases in my past, thank God he was actually protecting me, but you have these persons in your life who you think, man, this could be the one. And then there's nothing from their side. And you're like, oh, what is wrong with me? But you, it hurts. And nothing is worse, especially some young people might know this that are single. There's nothing worse than being put in the friend zone. When, the, when you like a girl, you think she's attractive, you think there's a spark, and she keeps calling you my friend or even my best friend but you're still in the friend zone, dude. It sucks. You feel somewhere a certain way and she doesn't feel that way. You thought you were Mr. Right or even maybe Mr. Right now, but she's like, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, not happening. The big fancy term for all these things that I'm talking about is unrequited love. If it's unrequited, we need to ask ourselves, what does requite mean? It's a word that I'm sure you use often, like every day. Uh, so I, I went to do some research. The, the, when you break up the word, re means back. And quite is an old English word that's obsolete by now. It means it's not being used anymore. The quite there means to set free, discharge, or repay. So when we requite, we give back, we repay, we discharge something. So if you requite love, you set free your love, you discharge your love, you, in a simple way, you repay love. So unrequited love is when you do not repay the love you receive from someone. The crazy thing is it can be totally unintentional. But many times it is completely willing. I mean, we've all seen the romantic comedies where the guy is hopelessly in love and the girl has no idea. And then she gets an idea, and then sometimes it doesn't lead anywhere. Sometimes because she now knows the guy is in love, she falls in love as well. And then by that time, just because it makes the comedy interesting, the guy is out of love. And that's the whole mess. So we've all seen those movies. But <laughs> I've, I've only really heard this term, unrequited love, in terms of romantic love. The, you know, we, we refer to these stories as unrequited love stories. Um, a girl has a crush on a boy, he doesn't feel the same way, but sometimes it's a strong romantic love built over many years. So a friendship, let's say a friendship from youth. And over time, the guy falls in love romantically, but the girl just loves as a friend. There are very beautiful Greek words for these different kinds of loves. 
the romantic love we call eros love. And the guy might have the eros love, but the girl only has the phileo love, the friendship love. But there's another kind of love that we read about in the Greek. It's called agape or agape. I've heard different pronunciations. I'm not sure which is correct. I'm not Greek. <laughs> there's, a, there's also a great word for the same idea in the Hebrew called chesed. I believe that God wants us to align or realign with his original definition of this kind of love. And that he wants us to realize that he loves us that way, unconditionally, sacrificially, nonstop, relentless, and passionately. That is how he loves us. And what I really want us all to realize is that he, I believe he wants us to know deep down, not just cognitively in your head, like I know because I'm hearing it, but a deep revelationary thing that it's a gut-wrenching, soul-awakening, spirit-erupting, powerful revelation that shakes us to the core of who we are and why we're here. I want that for myself and I want it for all of you. So focus, buckle up, and get ready because this is going to get hectic. The Bible says God is love. So if He is the creator of all things, and he calls himself love, then surely he is the expert. Would you agree? The final authority. The one who should we consult earnestly of what it means and how we should love. Right? If you agree, type amen in the comments. Or just say it if you're family and you're right here. <laughs> On Tuesday, I was, I was riding bike and... Um, if, if this happens next week again, I'll know that this is a pattern. Because the first time I, I rode bike on a Tuesday, I got a, the message, and it happened again this, this week. I was riding bike, and, and I felt God speak to me about the message. And the weird thing is it started with something completely seemingly unrelated. I, he, I was reminded of the movie Forrest Gump. I don't know how many of you know this film or remember this film from 1994. It was an independent film, but became a massive hit and walked away with a whole bunch of Oscars. And I remember watching the movie the first time and just being blown away by this powerful story. It's an, it's an amazing story of a very unusual man with an extraordinary life. But the one main theme uh, is his eros and agape love for a girl called Jenny that he grew up with. Someone, that's the girl that shouted, run, Forrest, run. One of the famous lines from the movie. It's a love that she returns in words, but never in deed. She has phileo love for him, it seems, but because of her broken past, she has a, had a very abusive father. She has huge baggage and lots of issues. And she keeps leaving the safety and security of that love that he wants to give her and goes on dangerous adventures in the hippie movement in the U.S. at the time that the movie plays. I wanted to show you a clip of the movie. I got some clips ready, but as soon as I play something that's copyrighted by someone else, it's going to bomb out the whole stream. So please just try and remember with me a couple of scenes. The first scene is where he went, he goes and finds her. He finds out where she is. He was away in the army, he, he's, he comes back, 
and he, he finds out where she is, and she's at this very dodgy bar playing guitar with no clothes on stage, and men are just harassing her. And he gets down there, starts beating up the guys, and he picks her up and runs out of the place with her. He saves her. But she doesn't want to be saved. She rather wanted to be in that situation. She's angry with him for doing it. They walk outside. She's now dressed. Um, They're on a bridge. While while they're talking, she walks closer and closer to the bridge, stands on the ledge, and you can see there's there's this moment where she's thinking, maybe I should just end it all. Maybe I should just jump. And he looks at her with concern and with so much love, and he says, Jenny, what are you doing? And then she has this moment of clarity and, and she just hikes into the first car that comes by and she leaves. Another scene, she was just, I told him that she'd been abused by this boyfriend that she had. And he's trying to convince her once again to stay, don't go. I love you, you're my girl. And she says to him, I will always be your girl. But as she says it, she's moving away towards the guy who abused her, who just promised now in the scene that he'll never do it again. She's walking with him into a bus and driving away while saying, I am your girl. And you just see the face of Forrest Gump not understanding why this is happening. Later in the film, she tries to commit suicide. She's so broken. She's so hurt. She has no idea who she is. She gets she get, uh, becomes positive for, for HIV AIDS and she becomes very ill. And only when she hits that rock bottom does she go back to the one person and the one place where she knows she will be loved. And he does. He takes her back and he helps her back to health. And they even get, well, she doesn't get completely healed, but he helps her just to recover to some form of dignity, and they get married, but she dies soon after. And you just look at this picture, and I felt God say to me, that is a brilliant picture of what I was trying to tell my people in the book of Hosea. And so I went to read the story of Hosea again, and I want to warn you, this message is, a, is probably going to be a hard message to hear there's a very strong possibility that it will offend you. But I want to remind you that I said it in the first service, and I've said it a few times, this is not a church where you are going to hear what you want to hear. This is a church where you will hear the truth of the Word of God. And I have to read this and deal with this as well. It cuts to my heart. It cuts to my whole humanity. And I have to read it, and I can't just ignore it. I can't just go to the little verses that makes me feel better. I must also go to the, the verses that wants to shape me, that wants to create, make me the man that God has created me to be. And I want to remind you of Proverbs 12 that I read last week. It says, don't be stupid, be teachable. <laughs> and before I get into this, I want you to answer these three questions. Am I saved? Am I a born-again believer? And do I call myself a Christian? If you do, question number two is, do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? Yes or no? And if you believe that, the third question is, will you be 
obedient to the Word of God? That is the question. And if you say yes to all three, then I want you to buckle up, take your Bible, go to Hosea, and see if you can follow these scriptures with me. Now, I'm going to warn you, there's a lot of scripture, I know. Some people have criticized me for using too many. I just can't say some of these things better than the Bible does. <laughs> so, I, I'm going to try to go through it not too long. I wanna, but I want you to hear the point of reading you these scriptures is that I want you to hear the deep love of the Father for His people. I want you to hear how passionately and deeply He unconditionally loves Israel. And through Christ, he, the same way He loves His church. And I'll show you the scripture that confirms that. But we're going to start in the beginning. Hosea 1 verse 2. When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, Go and marry a prostitute so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. Hosea 1.10. Now, I want you to see. There is God's anger and judgment on His people for not living up to the covenant that He has made with them. And then he, it's, it's like a tick-tock the whole time. You see His anger, the consequences He wants to put on them, and then the next moment you see His love coming in and showing them mercy. Hosea 1.10, Yet the time will come when Israel's, when Israel's people will be like the sands of the seashore, too many to count. Then at the place where they were told, you are not my people, it will be said, you are children of the living God. Now just before this, Hosea was told that one of his children must be called, I am not their God. So one of the children that he had, he had to physically call, God is not your God. Imagine calling your child that. Because he wanted to show Hosea how he feels. Hosea 2 verse 2. But now, bring charges against Israel, your mother, for she is no longer my wife. I am no longer her husband. Tell her to remove the prostitute's makeup. And, and then in verse 13, it says, I will punish her for all those times when she burned incense to her images of Baal, when she put on her earrings and jewels and went out to look for her lovers, but forgot all about me, says the Lord. Now, in the same chapter, we have the, the tick-tock again. So first, his anger, his, displease, his displeasement with his, his people. Now we go to Hosea 2 verse 14. But then, listen to the but. But then, I will win her back once again. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her there. I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. How beautiful is that? She will give herself to me there. That speaks of intimacy. And she did, as she did long ago when she was young, when I freed her from the captivity of Egypt. When that day comes, says the Lord, you will call me my husband instead of my master. Can you see the difference from, from a servant to a lover? O Israel, I will wipe the many names of Baal from your lips and you will never mention them again. Hosea 3 verse 1. Then the Lord said to me, go and love your wife again. Now what has happened is he married this prostitute. 
they, were, they had children, she left him to go to other men. Now she's with another man. He paid for her. Now God tells Hosea, go and love your wife again, even though, did you see that? Go and love your wife again. Not go and find her. Go and love your wife again. Even though she commits adultery with another. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel. Even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. Verse 4 to 5. This shows that Israel will go a long time without a king or prince and without sacrifice to sacred pillars, priests, or even idols. But afterward, the people will return and devote themselves to the Lord their God and to David's descendant, their king. That is Jesus. In the last days, they will tremble in awe of the Lord and His goodness. Do you see again the TikTok? Once... He speaks of his anger, then he, then he tells how he's going to redeem his people. Hosea 6, verse 1 to 3. This should be said, actually, I don't have it up there. I'm going to skip that one, sorry. But there's a moment where, where God says to Hosea mockingly, my people keep coming back and saying they're sorry, and we'll worship you alone, and then they just do what they want again. And we see that in Hosea 6, verse 6 to 7. I think that's the next one. This is so the heart of God. I want you to hear this. I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. But like Adam, you broke my covenant and betrayed my trust. Some of you that's kind of my age will probably remember this movie from a long time ago. A movie called 10 Things I Hate About You. Excuse me. There's this song in the movie that says, I want you to want me. I need you to need me. It's what the word says. And this is what I'm hearing when I read the scripture. God says, I, you know, many women have this problem with their husbands. I don't want you to do things for me because I'm telling you to do them. I want you to do them because I want you to do them. And then the men are like, what do you mean? <laughs> you get that confusion. That's kind of something what we hear here. God is saying, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. So, because what they were doing is they would go to the temple and offer sacrifices to God. And then right after that, they would sacrifice to Baal. So it was insincere, not out of their hearts, not loving God. Hosea 11 from verse 9 to 10. No, I will unleash, he says, I will not unleash my fierce anger. I will not completely destroy Israel, for I am God and not a mere mortal. I am the Holy One living among you, and I will not come to destroy. For someday the people will follow me. I, the Lord, will roar like a lion. And when I roar, my people will return trembling from the west. Can you hear the heart of God? Can you hear the passion of the Father in these scriptures? And then we end Hosea in Hosea 14. It says from verse 1, O Israel, return to the Lord your God, for your sins, have been brought, your sins have brought you down. Bring your confessions and return to the Lord. Say to Him, forgive all our sins and graciously receive us so that we may offer you our praises. The Lord says in verse 4, I will heal you of your faithlessness. Your love will know no bounds, for my anger will be gone forever. Verse 7 to 9, my people will, gain, will again live under my shade. They will flourish like grain and blossom like grapevines. They will be as fragrant as the wines of Lebanon. O oh, Israel, 
Stay away from idols. That's very ironic right now, I know. But you know what I mean. I am the one who answers your prayers and cares for you. I am like a tree that is always green and your fruit, all your fruit comes from me. Now, these are the closing verses of Hosea. It's almost like it goes from poetry to instruction. It says, let those who are wise understand these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true and right, and righteous people live by walking in them. But those paths sinners stumble, but in those paths sinners stumble and fall. Making it very clear that wisdom and righteousness are doing things God's way. Okay, so I know there was a lot of scripture, but I I actually left out a lot. I want to encourage you to go and read. Hosea from top to bottom, and also go and watch David Pawson's video on YouTube where he explains biblically, historically, where it all fits in. It's, a, it's, a, it's one of the uh, things I watched that really helped me to prepare for today. I want to encourage you to do the same. I don't have time to go into all of it today. Okay, so that was Hosea, the Old Testament. I hope by now you've heard the heart of God. And some people might say, yeah, I hear you, but that's Old Testament. But I want you to remember that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And yes, we have a new covenant through Jesus, but I want you to see that it's still applicable, this principle of loving Him wholeheartedly. Galatians 3 verse 29. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So Paul is explaining to the people that even if you are not a Jew, even if you are not from Israel by birth, through Christ you become part of the covenant with Abraham. All right, so we can read the Old Testament and the principles there and know that it applies to us as born-again Christians. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, as I said. He is a jealous God. He still wants our full uncompromising, devoted, and dedicated love, not to some degree, but 100%. Jesus himself said, you cannot serve God and mammon. You will love the one and hate the other. What is mammon? It's a God, the God of money. What did we hear the whole time in this Hosea piece? Don't love the other gods. Love me. That is why this message is called degrees of unrequited love. You may go, well, I serve him. But then you have certain degrees in your life, certain areas in your life that you don't serve Him. You have other gods that are also important or more important than Him. 1 John 4, 7-9. Beloved. Listen to that. Beloved. You are loved. This is written by John who called himself the beloved apostle. Let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So God... Anyway, I say, let me read this first, then I'll talk. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. Listen how love is made manifest. In other words, how He shows His love, that He sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. What did His Son do? He came and He died in our place. So what is love? It is giving everything. It is sacrificing all. 1 John 4, 19 to 20. 
We love because He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. John 14, 15, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So you might think, how do I love God back? You do what he says. Not because of a religious rule, legalistic thing that, oh, I have to do it. Because we heard his heart. His heart is that we would want to do it. We love him. And because we love him, we will obey his commandments. It's not by obeying his commandments to try and prove our love. It's by loving him that we start living that way. Colossians 3, 12 to 14. This is Paul instructing the church. Colossians 3 is one of my favorite passages in the Bible because it gives you, the, in my opinion, one of the best summaries of what a Christian's life should look like. He says, put on then. Before this, he's told them what to put off. He told them to set their minds on things above, and he's told them to put off all this sin, anger, malice, conceit, all these things, put it off. And then he instructs them from verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. What do we put on? Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. Do you know how many denominations there are in the world? And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. Do you have a complaint against someone? Forgive them. Not negotiate about it. Forgive them. As the Lord has forgiven you. You must also forgive. Now listen to this. And above all these. So he's listed all of this stuff. He says, above all of these things, put on love. Why? Because if you put on love, all these other things will flow, will be underneath it and be part of who you are. What does love do? It binds everything together in perfect harmony. It is the Word of God that we have listened to today. There are, there are a few moments in the Old Testament and Kings and Chronicles where the people have fallen away so far from God and for so long that when a good king came along that loved God, they would go and dust off the Scriptures and a, 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 a prophet will read the Scriptures out loud. The whole congregation of the people of God will stand and he would just read the Word and they would be cut to the heart and they would come to repentance. That is the power of the Word of God. That is why I set it up before I read it, so that you can be open and your heart can be good soil. So like Aleta also said, we need to have good soil in our hearts so we can receive these things. We, want, we need to know the heart of the Father. We need to know what His will and commandments are, and that's why we have to read the Scriptures. And it helps us, and this is very important, it helps us to know how to love Him back. I hope it's very clear to all of us that God loves us, that God loved us first when we were still sinners. He loved us first. His love is a covenant love that stays constant and faithful even when we are not. His love doesn't stop. His love is pure. It's holy. It's powerful. 
It's never ending and it is focused. Nothing can separate us from His love. The Bible says so. And that will never change. We can bet on that. We can know that. Neither height nor death nor demon nor angel. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Paul tells us that. But if we do not requite His love, if we do not repay His love, or if we only do it to some degree, to some extent, only in certain areas of our lives that's convenient and comfortable to us, we're still just giving Him a degree of unrequited love. And any degree of unrequited love is still unrequited love. If you ask any wife, do you want your husband's whole heart or just a part of his heart? Do you want him to love you 100% or 90%? What do you think she'll say? I want all of his heart. I don't want him 10% talking to that woman or spending time with that girl. You want all of his heart. And God feels exactly the same way. So why do we think we can divide it up? You can't divide your devotion to him. We cannot serve two masters. We cannot fool ourselves into thinking that God can share the number one spot in our lives. He will always love us. But our reaction to his love, our response to his love, our daily choices and how our heart's position toward him, will that will determine where we spend eternity. You see, that is actually how much he loves you. He loves you so much that he will let you decide where you spend eternity. Now you may say that's not love, but it is, if someone was forcing you to do something, is that love? No. You would say that's the opposite of love. It's abuse. So why do we say that to God? How, God, how can you let that happen? God didn't let that happen. People did it out of sin, out of brokenness. He has been sharing his love for millennia to this earth. So one of my points is that unrequited love has consequences. Plain and simple. From Isaiah, we clearly see that God wanted to destroy the, the people of God because they were unfaithful. And he had every legal ground to do so. If there was a court case between God and the people of Israel, he would win hands down. He, would, he has all the evidence. He has the original covenant in place to show this is the covenant, they have broken it. And whatever punishment was there would be completely legal and righteous. He had every right to destroy them. And if you look back on the past of the people of Israel, there were a few moments where he wanted to do that. One example was where he, where he was talking to Moses and said, listen, Moses, you and I, let us go, but I wanna, let's leave these people behind. I don't want to deal with them anymore. And Moses interceded and convinced God to keep going with the people. God loves us so much. And that's where his mercy comes in. He relents, because of his love, he relents and only punishes them to a degree. So there are still consequences to their unfaithfulness. But it's not the full picture of what they deserve. So that's God's mercy. It's not getting what you deserve. Love is God. God is love. If we don't know how to love Him, we have to look at His example and His instructions in His Word. Chesed love. Chesed love. Agape love. It's not just a feeling. 
It's a deep covenant-based faithfulness, similar to what a marriage is supposed to be. We are betrothed to God. And when we say yes to Him, we have to give it all. It's 100%, 100% becoming one. It's not a 50-50% partnership. Why did God tell Hosea to go and marry a prostitute? So he can more deeply understand how God feels about his people when they only give him lip service, but their hearts are far from him. I believe this message to us is straight from the heart of God, straight from his word to his bride, us, today. He doesn't want you to share, he doesn't want to share you. He doesn't only want a part of you, he wants all of you. Why? Because he loves all of you and he knows you the best. He knows all your sins, he knows all your weaknesses, he knows every secret little thing that you have done, are doing, maybe think of doing, and he still loves you and he still is inviting you into his kingdom. Nothing that you have done can disqualify you from becoming a child of God. But once you make the decision to follow Christ, yes, there is an abundance of grace. But there's also a part that we need to play in our covenant relationship with Him. And we need to respond with our love back to Him. And our love is seen in how we choose to live every day. I want to invite you, I want to invite you today to reflect and to respond to what we've been talking about. I want, I want us all to choose to return God's chesed love with our own chesed love. That we that we will choose to be committed to follow Him with all that we are. Let us repent for any degree of unrequited love that we may have and choose to fully devote our whole heart to Jesus. Nothing can be more important than Him. If you realize today while listening this, while watching this, that you have never given your whole heart, your whole life to Jesus. Or maybe you have, but you realize that in some degree, you are living in a degree, uh, you have some degree of unrequited love towards Him. In other words, there are areas of your life you have not given over to Him. Maybe you are living with someone, you are sleeping together, but you're not married. You tell people you're a Christian, and you know deep down that you're busy with something that you shouldn't be busy with. And what you're doing is you're blatantly saying, God, I've got this covered. I'll sort this out. I'm not going to do this your way, but I'll do that your way. And what you are doing is you're dividing your devotion. And this can be said about any lifestyle choice or bad pattern in your life that you actually know shouldn't be there. I want to invite you to make a decision today to lay it all down and to do things God's way. Why? Because He knows what is best for you. When He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, He knows that His commandments are healthy boundaries that keep you safe. Imagine 
you're a fish and your best pleasure can be is in the water. But the water is, is a boundary and has a boundary. But while you're in there, you are able to live life to the full as a fish. But if I take you out of the water and put you on land, you will last a little bit, but then you'll die. You can say, well, you took me out of the water and I'm free. Free from what? You're free from what gave you life. You're free from what protected you. You're free from the place where you got food. That's not freedom. That's bondage and death. The world has lied to us for centuries. Don't fall for it. The Word of God is the only truth. It has the perfect definition of love. If you're looking for the one, if you're looking for true love, look no further than the Word of God. If you place Him first, maybe you're thinking today it's a bad day because I'm single and it's Valentine's Day and I wish I had somebody. I'm telling you, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. And if He is first in your life, He will lead you to that place where you will have a husband or if you're a man trusting for a wife, you will have a wife. But sometimes things don't fall into place and come the way we want it, when we want it, because we are not completely given over to God and we're trying to do things our own way. And He's actually protecting you because you may be trying to marry the wrong person. Come home. Come home. Say yes to Jesus. Say yes to His ways. Don't have some degree of loving Him back. Give Him your whole heart. Give Him your whole devotion. I want you to just choose right now to give your life. If you are committing your life to Christ for the first time, if this is your first time you're saying yes to Jesus, or if you want to recommit and make a decision to follow Him from this moment on, I want you to pray after me right now. Just say it with, the, with all that you are from the deepest part of your spirit. Just say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for your love that can set me free. Thank you for giving me the truth of your word. Lord Jesus, today I choose to love you, to give my life to you, to do things your way. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of my rebellious ways. And I choose that from today, I will love you with all that I am. With chesed love. With agape love. Help me, Holy Spirit, to do that. I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, please write in the comments. I'm home, or I gave my life to Jesus. We would love to hear from you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate all of you. We thank you that you've been with us today. And I pray that you've had a revelation. While you had an encounter with God, that you've had a revelation of what His love really means and what it means to say I'm a Christian and to love Him back. 
and that you will walk in that. And I don't want you to be discouraged. I don't want you to feel condemned. That is not from God. I want you to feel convicted and challenged to do things His way. And I've got great news for you. You don't have to do it out of your own strength and you don't have to do it by yourself. That is why we have a church. You need people around you that can pray with you, pray for you and support you. And you've got the Holy Spirit who gives you supernatural strength and power to live this way that God wants us to live. He is your, he is your conscience. He will tell you what is right and wrong. He will lead you in the ways everlasting. And He will give you the power to say yes to God and no to the devil. Grab onto Him. When you just said yes to Him, He came and lived inside of you. I want to encourage you to get baptized with water. Get baptized with the Holy Spirit if that was your decision today. There's a power that happens when we give our lives to Christ. And it gets unlocked in a special way when we go through the baptismal and when we get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Don't you want to live a life of significance and power and see God manifest in your life and the ones around you? I want to see that for you. So welcome to the family. Keep following Him. And know that God's love can unlock anything in your life. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church message of the week. We trust that you found that encouraging, inspiring, hopefully challenging in a good way, and that you will come back next week to listen again. Please remember to like, follow, and subscribe, and to share this with other people if you find that it is uplifting, encouraging, and inspiring to you. May God bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you and your family. Bye-bye.